0: What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and proclaim the kingdom of God. What's going on, Matt? Not much, my friend. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm it is a crazy good. windy day. It is a crazy windy day. There's trash blowing everywhere outside because today's trash day. Yeah. And we've got a recycling and stuff outside that's just blowing down the street.
1: You know what we call this in Oklahoma? What? Tuesday. What? <laughs> I don't It's because it. it's windy every day in Oklahoma. Do you know, today's not Tuesday, right? No, I know it's not. It's Wednesday. It's, no, it's I, not. it's Thursday. <laughs>
0: I don't just, think you know what day it I'm is. I'm just
1: saying it's like a random day, any day oh, okay. in Oklahoma, because every day is windy in Oklahoma. Oh. oh, and the wind comes sweeping down the plains. I learned how to play golf in this kind of weather. Did you? Yeah. That's why you're not very good at it? Dude, I dominate. I've never... I'd spank you. I'd spank you, I, I'd spank you like, the, like a toddler over my knee. Mm, I've
0: literally never, ever... Even heard you mention playing golf before. Let's do and it. The entire Let's go time play. We, okay, we can go play. Let's go play. You know that you know that I placed third place in the golf tournament when I was like eleven. Uh, the putt putt challenge. No, real golf. My grandparents lived on a golf course. Son, I went to wow. golf camp every summer. Man, all the way through what,
1: high school. What's your What's your handicap? I don't have a handicap. What was it back then?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I'd crush you.
1: What was yours? I don't know what it is now. I haven't played golf in like. What's last time? I, I don't I, have I, handicaps or pe- for people that make excuses. I'd t- say <laughs> i tell, you, I tell you this much: I, the last time I played golf, I was at a, a partner um, with with some ministry partners down in Florida, and they were like, "What do you want to? What do you want to do? You want to go fish, or do you want to play golf?" I was like, "I'll play golf," and so I went and played golf, and I hadn't played like in two years. Mm-hmm. Shot at eighty nine. Wow! It was it was even further. It was even longer than that. No, it was even longer than that cuz that was like 3 years into our church plant and I hadn't played in Memphis in like a year and a half. So it was probably close to 5 years. 89, huh? That's pretty yeah. good for a nine hole course. Where's the drum kit? Where's, <laughs> where's
0: the cymbals? I don't hear them. <laughs> oh man, actually me and Jen just went and played putt putt on Sunday. She beat church. you. No, I crushed her. Oh god. Absolutely that's too bad. dominated my wife. That's too bad. Golf. Yeah, it was pretty
1: it, was, it was Yeah, you're mad. not the kind of guy that's going to let your wife win. I know that much. No, I definitely don't. I'm very competitive. Yeah. So I'm not going to let Jen win. Yeah. Yep. I would have whipped you at that, too. I don't think so. Yeah. Have you
0: ever been to the one in
1: um, Pickering?
0: Yeah, I would have. put uh, yeah, place that's on Bailey. Oh, that's a nice place, yeah. yeah. it is. We went there for the first
1: time. I'd never even heard of it before. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I yeah. think I hold the course record for that. Did you see my name <laughs> on <also?
0: laughs> Yeah. Did okay. you see my name? No, I didn't you see your you should, name. It should be on plaque <laughs> oh, somewhere. Oh, should it? Okay. All right. I'll have to check Commemorated. the next time I go. Yeah. Commemorate it. I'll check the next time I go. Yes.
1: Well, um, what are we talking about today? Other than beating your wife at Putt-Putt. Yeah, other than beating what, my wife at Putt-Putt. What else is going on? Uh, Well
0: um let's see what else is going on i guess i guess i do have some news in my life yeah should i share it sure why not okay sure i'll share it. so um we my wife and i are going to be moving to washington dc
1: what this is yeah. the first time i'm hearing this i
0: know sorry you're dropping this you, to yeah. me on the air yeah right literally <laughs> on the air live it's not oh, live actually man. yeah man so we're going to be moving to washington dc yeah. and we're going to be exciting um, stuff it is exciting stuff. We're going to be planting a church, sort of, uh, in Washington D.C. Yeah. It's it's kind of a unique situation. We're going to be uh, there's a, a church plant uh, that has kind of um, struggled in the past, and then there's the campus yeah. of uh, one of of a large church in the area. Yeah. And we're going to be merging the congregation of this church plant and the campus of this other church. Uh, we're merging those two congregations and and launching one new church. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a church plant, except with uh, people uh, who have a history, a little more, you know, a little larger uh, group than yeah. you normally would have in a church plant. Um, but it's going to be in a really needy area there in Southwest DC. Uh,
1: Move over Mark Dever. The Huntleys are in town. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, no, Mark, Mark Dever's church is a little, in a little bit different area of DC, yeah. although we're going to be living in, Where Mark Dever's church is, we're gonna be living in Capitol Hill. I
1: thought you were gonna say, but
0: we're gonna be living with Mark Dever. No, we're not (laughs) living. I mean, if he'll have us, I guess. If he'll have us, we'll stay in his basement. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be in the same neighborhood where their churches. But uh, our church is not gonna be in that area. Our church is in Southwest DC. uh, So we're excited about it, man. There's a huge need for gospel. Uh, preaching churches. And, and one of the things that we're really excited about is um, this, this church is uh, a part of the Praetorian Project. We're going to be a part of the Praetorian Project, which is so uh, cool. a, a family of churches um, planting churches near military communities. Yeah, uh, And so they're, they're the big vision is to have uh, a church planted near every major U.S. military installation yeah. in the world. And so uh, obviously the military is a huge vehicle to be able to get the gospel yeah. all over the place because, you know, soldiers and Marines and sailors are constantly being uh, moved <clears throat> all over the place. And so yeah. we can make disciples of them and their families and then yeah. they'll take the gospel with them wherever they go. Uh, and so we awesome. see that as a really key strategy. So we're excited to be a part of it, man. But we're, we're excited to, to say goodbye to you guys here. And, you excited or sad? I mean, sad. Sorry. Uh, oh, was that a Freudian <laughs> slip? No, it wasn't a By the way, in
1: the future, I'd prefer if you said Marines, soldiers, sailors.
0: Yeah, I said soldiers first. Marines need to come number guess one. Guess
1: what? There's more soldiers than there are Marines. It's the perfect dealers, devil dogs listening out there. Maybe there's like some salty old retired Marine listening in this. D.C. is such a strategic place, man. When I lived out there, I lived in Quantico. I was stationed in the Marine Corps in Quantico, if our listeners don't know that. And, um, man, it was such a cool place. And... Um, so it's just, we're, we're so excited for you guys mm-hmm. and going to be working with an incredible network yeah. out there. And well, and even kind of
0: the story of how like there's things are tied together, yeah. you know, in terms of like the fact that you met Clint Clifton, like way back yeah. in the day, like it's just kind of funny yeah. how that all comes it's, full circle. It's such, isn't a, it?
1: such an insane world, man. Yeah. Like Clint. So, you know, you know what we need to do? Cause I'm transitioning a little bit too. Um, not huge, not, not like that. We're not moving, but I'm moving into a callous rolled name Mm -hmm. and I'm still going to be obviously leading our network and connected, um, to our churches. What? This is the
0: first time I'm hearing this. Why am I hearing this for the first time on the air?
1: We're just, we need to get better at communication. Yeah. Um, but no, we're joking. Obviously if our listeners I've learned lately, a lot of people don't, don't get sarcasm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like,
0: I'd y- like to think that our listeners do. I, I think feel like do. our listeners
1: are pretty savvy. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are too. But you know, like I've learned, like a lot of people don't get sarcasm. No, they and don't. so you, you you would say something, and you're obviously joking in your mind, and people are like, "Oh, really?" And like, yeah. "Oh, no, I'm I'm kidding," you know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like it's we need to do an episode on transition. I was thinking about that on the drive over this morning. We need to do an episode on transitioning from ministries that would be a really good episode i mean we could do that
0: now or we could do it in our next episode like yeah. this is our podcast we can literally do whatever we want
1: we could do it we could do whatever we want to do yeah. we could do we also we need to, to, to we also need to have clint on clint yeah McFadon most in, definitely at some point so we already had colby on that was a yep. great that was a great interview yeah um, was but you know like yeah it was that was crazy i was um i, we, I was a part of a uh little dying church out there i was still in the marine corps it was like 2002 and clint came to that church and spoke on church planting or something like that this is before the Praetorian project even i think got started and he was talking about church planting, and uh he told me he said i remember like what is this young guy doing here with all these old people but it was like it was um the pastor was a really sweet guy it's kind of a sad story. He got sick. Um, he got, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's and stuff, and he just kind of kept on preaching. Hmm. And, um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just crazy how God orchestrates his stories in our lives, you know, and, and, uh, Northern Virginia is a cool, cool area and, um, a really strategic place, obviously politically, you know, and kind of as, you know, a lot happens in that area yep. that impacts the entire world. Yep. So, you know, it's going to be great, man. Um, I'm we're we're really excited as a network for you guys and, and what you're going to be doing out there, working with great people. So, it's obviously hard to say goodbye. You know, it's so hot. We need to get some Boys to Men, uh, a soundtrack up in here. But um, you know, like it's obviously hard to say goodbye. But we we're excited to. About you know the future and about what God's doing, so it'll be good. It'll be exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, it will be. Yeah, so we're. Uh, th- Don't worry though, everybody. The podcast will go on. The show must go on. So it even though to. Matt and I are going to be in different cities, we're going to continue doing in the trenches. We'll just be recording it in different locations, different places. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but that that's not going to change. So, uh, yeah. I'll be uh, my wife and I'll be moving in July. Uh, and and heading down to DC, and we're already kind of starting to you know to 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 transition and and yeah. um, essentially work on this new project, in uh, this new church. But uh, yeah, we're we're excited to be able to continue to do the podcast, and so nothing's going to change as far as no man. Goes.
1: It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, we're ten minutes into this. Let's just talk about transition. Okay. Let's okay. Do that. So let's talk about our new roles, kind of what we're going to be doing in the new ministries let's talk about the the things that we've the the things that we've learned the things that uh we're doing now to kind of set our ministries up for success as Mm -hmm. we move forward and and uh maybe some of the lessons the lessons we've learned and then i i'd like to i was even thinking about this this morning just speaking into how guys can transition well yeah um so we kind of talked about some of that so You want to maybe
0: cover like how we, how we knew when we were supposed to transition as well? Like kind of like, yeah, that's uh, good. And then, and then maybe talk
1: about how to transition. Well, that's good. Okay. We're giving, we're giving our listeners a, uh, inside look for how we plan most of our episodes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We literally came up with this on the fly,
0: but again, this is our podcast and we can do whatever we want. And I like that. I like it that way. So, okay. Yeah. So, um, for us, it's been about, I mean, it's been over a year yeah. uh, of, of prayer and beginning to just stir. Uh, I mean, for anybody like Matt knows me really, really well. Matt knows me better than most people on the planet, uh, outside of, you know, my dad and a couple other, other people. And so, um, Matt, Matt knows that I'm, uh, uh how would you describe me? Just man? a beautiful,
1: <laughs> beautiful bearded man. Yeah.
0: Beautiful bearded man. But also that, um, I'm, uh, I'm constantly kind of thinking about like, uh, new, new territory, new projects, new things to go. I guess I'm apostolically wired, right. In a lot of ways. Um, and, uh, sometimes I can, I can be, I can go pretty fast. Like I've actually learned how to slow down quite a bit. Um, but you know, over a year ago I started really, you know, Jen and I started praying about what was next. Um, you know, some people know, some people don't that, You know, we don't have children yet. We want to have children, Uh, and so we uh, we really are feeling called and led to adopt. And so that was one of the things that really started, you know, propelling us in this direction because uh, adoption was going to be an expensive and a long process as U.S. citizens in Canada. Yeah, Um, that kind of complicated things for us. And so uh, we were also just kind of feeling restless, you know, feeling Mm. like okay, you know, like we we sense that God's doing something. So we began to pray and fast and seek counsel from you know, different mentors in our lives, yeah. people like you, and, uh, didn't really have any idea what God wanted us to do. Had no clue, yeah. uh, where we were supposed to go. And I kind of went through, a almost like, a um, just a, I don't know, I guess like a crisis of calling in a, in a little, uh, in mm-hmm. a sense, uh, last year really where I was kind of like trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life? You know, yeah. like, am I, am I, does God want me to give my life to this, to, to church planting or am, am I supposed to do something else? Yeah. Um, And um, so through that process, God was just really good and really affirmed, you know, my giftings and uh, affirmed to me that this is what he wants me to do. You know, that ultimately, like, I'm called to preach the gospel uh, and I want to, you know, I want to do it in places where there's a need to start more churches. Uh, I want to train and develop men. And so we just were like, okay, well, we know we're supposed to go to a place where there's uh, a need um, where there's a desperate need for more churches. Uh, we know that we want to be, you know, nearer to family and we want to be able to, you know, adopt, uh, and, and I wanted to stay in full-time ministry. Mm -hmm. So we're just gonna have to start praying and asking, you know, waiting on God. And sure enough, you know, one day I got a phone call, like DC was not on our radar at all. Yeah. We had never even thought about it. And, you know, one day, uh, Clint, uh, called me and said, told me about this opportunity and said, I want you to pray about this. And it took us about 24 hours to like, be like, yeah, this is the answer to our prayers. Yeah.
1: So, so. yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how you guys knew it was time. You know, yeah. I think that, I think that's a good place to start is, you know, kind of how do you, how do you know when it's time to, to transition? And I think for us, you know, we started fellowship pickering and um, the fall of 2013 and, you know, got it rolling and growing, doing well, all those kinds of things. And I think like in 20, probably around like 20, Erica was probably ready to start to transition at the end of 2016. Mm. Um, I hadn't really come to it yet. And so, you know, she was praying just for clarity for the Lord, for, for both of us. And, you know, probably, probably towards the end of 2017, um, I started to kind of feel like something, you know, maybe I'm not the guy to, to keep leading this thing into, you know, um, forever. And, and so we just started praying about what that would look like. And our role is kind of unique. And what we've done is, you know, we come here and start fellowship pickering, but then of course the network got started as well. And so a lot of my time gets pulled into network developing leaders, planners, and then helping coach planners around the city. I, I feel, uh, I always feel, uh, obligated to do that and I I like to do that I enjoy doing that you know and so the probably the more we prayed through that and the more we started to really look at trying to plant with teams across the network and really plant with the APES model you know apostles prophets evangelists shepherds teachers and yeah so we really started praying through you know like well, what are we and so we started to seeking started to really seek counsel you know from Mm -hmm. from people and um guys that are close to us. And, and you know, it's like uh, every... The, the three things that kept coming back from other people and then from our own is, you know, I, I want to preach the Bible. I want to help plant churches. And I want to develop leaders, yep. you know? And so those are the three things I really want to give my life to. And um, I felt like the more we prayed, um, the more clarity God brought to us. And I felt like we... I, I feel like we've never... I feel like we've never really been able to give, um, ourselves fully to our apostolic gifts, mm-hmm. you know? And so at the same time we started a conversation with NAM, the North American mission board and, um, in Toronto and, uh, there's an opportunity to become a full-time catalyst. And, um, you know, so for me it was like, what is that? What does that look like? You know? And is basically, you know, they're like, basically just keep doing what you've been doing Yep. And so for me, it just made a lot of sense and uh, reached out to some guys who had started a network and who had transitioned as Nam employees, guys like Clint, a couple of others. And um, yeah, it just made a lot of sense to us. And so I I, I actually became a full-time callous April 1st. Um, We're still at Fellowship Pickering, but we're helping get our fourth church up off the ground, Fellowship Bowenville. So we're part of that core team, Mm -hmm. helping lead those core team meetings and stuff every Saturday. Um, and then uh, at Fellowship Pickering, we're about to announce some elder candidates, and then we are looking actively for like a teaching pastor yep. that can come along. And um, and I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably, st- I'll probably help Fellowship Pickering always be on mission multiplication wise, mm-hmm. and that's kind of part of my role, anyways, yep. um, as the director of the network with all of our churches. So mm-hmm. asking all of our pa- pastors and planners, like, hey how are we starting new churches, Mm -hmm. you know, what are we doing? And, um, so that's how I came to the conclusion. The other, the other, to be honest, like the, the other thing is, um, you, you have to be honest with who you are. You know, you, you gotta ask yourself like, like who am I? And, um, I think for me, uh, when I looked at fellowship pickering, you know, we've had some really incredible leaders, but like every single time there's been a good solid leader, we invite them to plan a church or to be a part of a church planning team. Right. And, um, you know, that's a tough road to hoe for a church. I mean, like, you know, we, I don't want to give the wrong impression. I mean, like you, you want to be shoulder tapping leaders and and potential planners constantly, but you know, uh, you have to keep on, you have to establish your church to be healthy. Yeah. And so, you know, um, somebody made the comment, man, you know, like if, just thinking we had all these incredible leaders, at at fellowship pickering and you know of course that's not the model that's not what we're doing but i think i think ultimately that helped me get some clarity on kind of how i'm wired and what i feel passionate about doing you know don't get me wrong we have some amazing leaders that aren't going anywhere at fellowship pickering and um so it's been really good and you know um erica wrote me uh, i was in meetings yesterday and she wrote me this message and i thought it was so good because you know we're five years into this plant, and you ask yourself, "Man, I would have done this different." Like you guys are three years in, mm-hmm. you know, as you transition, and there's a million things you would have done different. And a- apart from the core stuff, I don't mean like the foundational stuff. You know, we feel like that stuff's good, but there's little things that oh, I would have done this way or done that way. I would have done this sooner. You know, I wouldn't have done that so quick, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, she wrote this quote by Matt Chandler, and he he said that five years into your church plant, you look back and you see the, the things that you see that you would change. You're actually in deficiencies in your life oftentimes. Mm-hmm. So like things that you wouldn't have done. And I, and I, like it makes a lot of sense. Like we're there now, but it took a long time for us to get structured and organized yep. and membership and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I remember like two years in people were like, when are we going to do membership? I'm like membership. Yeah. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Cause I'm like, well, who cares? Yep, you know, but that, Mm-hmm. But God does. Yep. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. So those are the things, like, to our listeners to start to pick up on and say, like, oh, wow, yeah, that does matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and I haven't really paid much attention to that. Yep. So why haven't I? Is yep. it because I don't care or is it because God's made me different? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the values that we're trying to really push into this network is mm-hmm. across cities, planting in teams. Yep. Because, like, if you plant with the team, there is going to be that guy who's organized. Mm-hmm there is going to be that administrator, yep. that guy that says, yeah, we, we should actually do that. Yep. And you're like, awesome, do it.
0: But, and you know, what's the, the cool thing, uh, despite all that, despite our, you know, mistakes that we make and shortcomings, like God has been very gracious to both of us, I think. And that mm-hmm. you know, we can both look at the the churches that we've started despite all the mistakes we feel like we made. Yeah. And we see healthy churches sure. that are just, like I'm just continually blown away, man. Like I just, like yesterday I was, we've got a WhatsApp chat, yeah. chat group, you know, for, yeah. for our church and I'm just sitting back, you know, and now that I'm stepping back, it's, it's actually been, we just announced last week and it's been amazing to even watch the response of the church yeah. in the past week. It's like people are already stepping up and leading yeah. and I'm like, and it's like, I knew that would happen. Like I just knew yeah. that, you know, that like, honestly, sometimes we just need to get out of the way as leaders and let people, you know, kind of step into, you know, what they're doing. But I I was just watching them organize, like, uh, you know, getting out into the harvest, like they're, they've, like we've had several people from our church out uh, doing evangelism a couple times already this week. And we've, there's a bunch of them, like all, they're all new believers that are organizing this stuff. Like, you know, like, Hey, we're going to be, you know, going at Saturday on the harvest. And I'm just like, man, it's so cool and rewarding to look back and you know, three years ago I was, I was having to drive everything. Right. yeah. And now I'm just watching yeah. and I'm watching them drive it. And it's like the most rewarding thing yeah. in the world yeah. as a church planner. And so, and that's just God's grace, you know, <laughs> like despite the, the, you know, yeah, things we would have done differently, yeah. but, but I'm also excited because I'm like pumped. Cause like now that I have learned these lessons, I'm like, I can't wait to do this yeah, again. You know? That's right. Like I can't wait to plant another church
1: from the earlier, you know, like from the, uh, I think like, you know, we've talked about this before on this podcast, but you know, like in the beginning you feel like every, you feel like so much of the onus is on you as Mm -hmm. a planner. Like, Oh, if I don't, if I don't do this and it doesn't happen. And you know, we see it time and time again, the guys that the guys that you either do two things, you either become a really big church and you know, the volunteers and everything like that. It's, it it takes off and you know, you're preaching and that's all you got to do is preach. But there's also the other side where you don't become a really big church and you're in a really tough place. And if you're a church of 40, 50 or whatever, and you still keep on trying to operate that way where everything is on you, then you're going to be in a lot of hurt. You're going to be in a lot of trouble, you know? And I think like from the beginning, you can just implement some things to where it's not on you, you know? And you know, to see that it's like, it's like us, you know I mean? Like, um, I'm going to be a callous. And so essentially that means like, I want to be connected to all our churches and to other churches across the city. And so like, you know, I'm not taking on like in Bowmanville, for example, like I'm not taking on like a primary like teacher role. I mean, yeah. I'll be on the rotation, you know, but I'm not going to lead that church. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be the the primary teacher by no means. And so, and it's part of, it's making that shift because of what you've been brought up with and what you've been taught, you know, there's, well, well, You're supposed to be that guy, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's such an important thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, it's, it it is important, but if you, but if you make it all about you, then you're going to have a tough time, you know? So I think I've preached like five times, six times in the past three months, three and a half months at Fellowship Pickering, you know? So, and we're doing just fine. Mm -hmm. Nobody's saying like, where's Matt, you know? So that's part of it. It's funny how that happens, right? It's like,
0: we realize like, oh the kingdom of God doesn't need me, you know, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, well, you know, it takes it, it, it. I was telling a telling a planner the other day, you know, it's like, it's incredible what, what can happen in our lives when we, you know, deflate our egos. Mm-hmm. I think so much, yeah, I've told you this before, but, you know, I think the most insecure individuals on the face of the planet are church planners. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's a dangerous place to be. If you, you, you do wrestle with insecurity because, you know, people, guys will make their church, their idol. And, and, uh, if it grows, it's about them. If it doesn't, it's about them. And, and, uh, you have to lose that if Mm -hmm. you're going to be, you know, if you're going to be successful long-term in ministry. So, yeah. Well,
0: let's talk about, let's talk about transitioning. Well, let's talk, you know, let's talk about that, you know, because both of us have been, uh, you know, uh, changing our roles. We've both yeah. stepped back from what we've been doing, you know, kind of as the the primary leader, mm-hmm. you know, of our churches. We're the ones that, you know, we're, our churches looked to as kind of the primary leader yeah. from the beginning. And I, and I, you know, as a church planner, um, you know, you're always going to have this close connection to your yeah. church and people always have a close connection to you because I mean, we, we, you know, we use the language of, like, mother church and daughter church. Yeah. We use that for a reason because it's amazing how many correlations there really are to church planting and, like, raising a child. Absolutely. Uh, to, like, you know, to giving birth, like, all the way yeah. to the birth pains. Yeah. You know, to, not that I know how that feels, ladies, but. <laughs> Always but you're like, yeah, right. Yeah, you you know. don't know anything about birth pains.
1: Yeah. I had a head cold once. <laughs>
0: uh, but anyway, so all the way to the, you know, the birth pains to, you know, just the infancy stage of a church. And in, it's, it's amazing to watch because you look back and it, and it really is like that. Like, you know, yeah. in the early stages you need, the church needs a lot of care and attention mm-hmm. from you. But if you continue to give, you know, that care and attention, you continue to bottle feed your church, yeah. then you're always going to have an immature church. Yeah. So you, it, there does come a point where you've got to wean your church off of the bottle feeding and they have to eat solid food yeah. or they're not going to mature as a body. Yeah. And I think part of that process, and this is what I told our church last Sunday, like part of that process of, you know, being ready for solid food is the primary guy really beginning to step back. It doesn't mean you, every church planter needs to leave their church plan, Yeah, but it does mean stepping back and other people kind of, uh, you know, beginning to put other people forward on a platform and let yeah. other people lead.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, you know, I think, um, I think one thing, you know, that we would have done different from the very beginning is, but, you know, I say that there's just, you, you work with what you got, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, if you've got, I don't, uh, the thing I never will understand is, like, these bigger churches that have, like, all these incredible communicators and, you know, like, it's just still one guy and he's the primary preacher and stuff and, and um, you know, that's, that's kind of the culture and so if you ever step into that culture, you've got to be silly just to say, we're going to blow this thing up, you know, and do mm-hmm. it completely different. That kind of stuff takes time. But in church planting, I'm talking about, you know, if you if you from the beginning have a couple of guys that you can develop right from the start and start to put them in the rotation and stuff, it really, really helps, Yep. you know, and uh, to give them to let your church start to, and it's not even so much about the preaching. It's about your church seeing that this doesn't revolve around one person, Mm -hmm. you know? And so if you can start with a team, like kudos, like that's just the best way to do it. Right. But I think, I think that's really important. I I think like in terms of, in terms of transitioning, well, you know, once you know, it's time, I think in my mind, there's kind of a checklist of things that you should be doing. You know, You, you need to start to kind of do inventory on your church, and kind of see, look at your ministry departments, look at your leadership team, look at the people that you can you can start to shoulder tap. And and w- one thing that we've seen is we've seen people step up over the past yep. you know, year, year and a half, and people are starting to get more engaged in the ministries and people that have kind of been on the sidelines are, mm-hmm. are seeing like, oh, this is my church, you know, and getting more established. But I think we talk about transitioning well, you know, you can do you can do all kinds of good things. To help your church transition well. I think it starts with like reevaluating your mission, reevaluating your DNA, your core, who you are, and make sure that that's not, you know, that's that's solid. You know, that's that's there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who comes in, doesn't matter who you raise up from the congregation as elders or elder candidates, like they know that. That's mm-hmm. the DNA, this is who we are, this is what we're gonna be about. And so you rally around the mission. You yeah. don't necessarily rally around a person. And the quicker you can do that, the better, you know, um, as far as like other things that you can start to do, start to really work your way out of a job, like the quicker, the better, as soon as you know, like, I'm not going to be here. You got to start to kind of make some, yep. some hardline decisions. If you're the primary preacher, you know, it starts with, maybe you don't have people in your church, start to invite other people in start to get, just let other people be a part of it. See what, what that looks like, you know? Um, I would tell guys like when you, when you start to feel, I told you this, you know, like God knows where you are. Mm -hmm. God knows what you're doing. When you start to feel like it's time to transition, when you start to feel like it's like my ministry here is coming to an end, this season of my life is coming to an end. Just be patient, you know, be patient. God knows where you are. He knows what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. He knows when he's going to move you and he, he's got all that stuff in order. And so you know, the last thing you want to do is just leave to leave, yep. you know, because then you're going to get outside of God's will. Mm-hmm. You're going to do something that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to do that. Yep. Um, and then, and I would say like, as you transition, there's just, just these are like the nuts and bolts of it. Don't surprise people. Like what I mean by that is people are always going to be a little bit, I mean, people were surprised Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. there's a couple people, at Fellowship Oshawa, but what I mean by that is go to your key leaders, like go to key people, talk to them, you know, obviously starting with your elders, um, you know, if you have deacons, your deacons, key, key, key leaders in your church, you know, people that have been with you from the very beginning are going to feel it a lot more than like somebody who's been a part of your church for the last year, Mm -hmm. you know, so go to those people, talk to them, you know, you almost want there to be as little shock as possible mm-hmm. when you make the announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then people that have been with you from the very beginning who have a lot vested in you, there's a tension, there's a tightrope to walk because like if, if, if you know somebody's like a big time gossiper or whatever, or has a tough time keeping secrets, I don't care if they've been with you since you were born, you know, you, you probably don't need to tell them until mm-hmm. that day. So just, so those are some of the things and then making sure that you finish well. I always say that, you know, like, there there is there are certain things as you transition you want to make sure that you do you you want to make sure that you know the ministry has been handed off well everybody knows the things we're working with right now right Mm -hmm. Uh, like you want to make sure everybody knows what they're called to do you want to make sure everybody knows this is this is my task this is my role and then i think that if you have if you can help set your church the, the more you can set your church up for success upon your departure the better, you know, you can transition leaders and, and, Mm -hmm. um, and empower leaders. Mm -hmm. There's certain things as the founding pastor and planter that you can say that nobody else can say. So I think that those are the things that that I think about when, when I think about how to transition. Well, Mm -hmm. there's a million others, but
0: yeah. And I, you know, kind of going back to the, the whole team mindset, like this is, I'll tell you what, transitioning is so much easier when you've been teaching your people from the very beginning that this is a body that this church is not built on me, yeah. that I'm not the pastor. I'm one of the pastors. We've got other pastors here. Yeah. That's what an elder is, right? Like yeah. we've got a, you know a team of elders. Uh, I mean, I could I can't imagine how much more difficult all of this would have been had we not yeah. been, you know, banging that drum from the very beginning. Yeah. And so that really helped prepare our, our church. And, you know, like we really do have a, a body where, you know, everybody's using their gifts. And so, They're able to like, if you've got a church where you're like, they're, you know, dependent on you and you're bottle feeding them, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough, um, you know, uh, pill to swallow when you announce that you're leaving. It's going to be hard, you know, because they're, they're losing a lot, you know, they're losing their kind of their support structure in a sense, Mm -hmm. and you can't be the support structure or you're going to have a a tough time transitioning. The only way that it's really going to work, honestly, is if you get another guy in there who's just like you and yeah. can who who can become the support structure. Yeah. That's why a lot of church plants die after they uh, yeah. you know the planter leaves. Like I I know of a couple here in Oshawa that you know have died after the planter left because yeah. they were they they were built upon, you know, his teaching ministry and yeah. and once he left there was you know they couldn't find another, you know, you know, comparable leader. Yeah, you've got to uh, have
1: teams. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to have ministry teams. Yep. You know, and it's like and and it's like you it starts with your elders and 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 pastors, but it it starts with across your ministries. You gotta have somebody that's passionate about guest services, you gotta have somebody that's passionate about kids, you gotta have somebody that's passionate about worship, Mm -hmm. you know, you gotta build out those teams and the stuff we talked about like in the very beginning of this this podcast like with mac lake and stuff you know having your volunteer teams structured and coordinated having ministry directors that are excited about those ministries and excited about the vision of the church and want because like how people get acclimated and, and, and connected into life of your church even goes beyond your leaders yeah so like even if you have five pastors You know, if you're a church of 500, those five pastors aren't going to connect every guest into the life of your church. You've got you've got to have people who have spiritual gifts in your church who are who are modeling who who are exercising those spiritual gifts Mm -hmm. around their passions Mm -hmm. for the kingdom. And the quicker that you can build up those teams, and the quicker you can build up your leadership, the better. Because that way, you know, it's just not revolving around you. And I think even in terms of church planting, I mean, like let's let's be honest. When you're in an established church, there's just so much more leeway with this stuff Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's like the church has facilities. The church has numbers. They have finances like, you know, they can afford to pay the pastor and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, when we talk about church planting. You don't have any of that stuff most of the time. You know, you got a guy who's fundraising, Mm -hmm. maybe a couple that's fundraising, but that's it. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, you're a starter. Mm -hmm. That's... One thing that we've talked a lot about, but I, I feel like it's getting so much better in North America is that church planners, you know, regardless if you are a, regardless if you're a shepherd, if you're apostolic, whatever it might be, like you're a starter. Church planners are starters. And so if you're a more shepherd bent, you better have somebody who's more apostolic bent alongside of you and and you get that thing up and running and your shepherding gifts is still implementing towards the starting, Mm -hmm. you know, and getting that church structured and getting that church established and stuff so that you can, so you can have a mentality, but we've planned, you can have a mentality of, I'm not going to be here forever, but we've planted churches for so long in North America as founding pastor type churches that we're still learning. I feel like how to transition with apostolic types, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's really important.
0: It is. And you know, so uh, some of the some of the things that we're doing right now, um, just to kind of get our church ready, we've got you know, a little over two months until we move, and uh, so like one of the things I told our guys, we've got, we had two elders who were already here, and then we got another guy transitioning in who's an elder in training. He, he's been in our network, right, Jermaine, um, has been a church planning resident in the fellowships network, so he's been getting trained, um, and he's going to continue to do so, but he's already, you know, starting to step in and volunteer, and, you know, and, and and take on some responsibilities. Yeah. But I told those guys that uh, I said, look, my role now is changing to one of, uh, of an advisor. Uh, I'm not making, I'm not going to make decisions yeah. for you anymore. Uh, so I, I'm not even going to make decisions with you anymore. Yeah. The decisions rest on your shoulders. I'm going to be here in an advisory role where I will make recommendations to you guys and, and strong recommendations. Like I'll strongly advise you in some certain areas on this is what yeah. I would really really strongly consider doing. But at the end of the day, like I'm not making those decisions anymore Mm -hmm. because I want to get them ready for making those decisions on their own. Right. And like, I can't do that for them. Another thing, like you said, you know, like I'm, I've stepped back a lot from preaching. And so I think from here on out, like, like I don't preach two weeks in a row for the rest of the time that I'm here. I know that. Like, I think I've maybe got three or four more times in the next 10 weeks. Yeah, that's it. Um, and you know, so I'm, I'm letting, you know, we've got two, we're blessed to have two elders that are, you know, capable preachers. Uh, So, I mean, that's huge, especially blows me away for a church our size. You know, we're not a big church. Yeah. Uh, It's just so amazing how God's blessed us with teachers and and preachers. And, um, but, you know, so those are some of the things that like, like I'm practically doing to take a step back. So to let other people step up and then just encouraging our, our, our church to like, Hey guys, okay, it's time to, you know, for you guys to begin to step up and step forward. And, you know, we're watching them respond, you know, like they're, like they're like, people are, you know, like organizing times of evangelism and things like that. Yeah. And they're just, it's almost like they in, in intuitively know, like, okay, you know, it's like, this is, you know, we've got to, we've got to lead the charge yeah. in terms of reaching our city with the gospel. It's just really oh, cool.
1: You bring up a good point. I mean, like, you know, people are not as dumb as we think they are. Treat I I treat them. I don't think there.
0: people are dumb. Do you?
1: Yeah, you do. <laughs> You've told me that before. (laughs) No, I haven't. I'm just joking. (laughs) But, you know, people aren't as naive or or dumb as we we might think they are. And we might. what I mean by that is we don't sit there and think, oh, that person's dumb. Our people are dumb. We just think that we know better. Mm -hmm. And we forget that the same Holy Spirit that lives in us lives in them. And so when you say they intuitively, they do intuitively know. Mm -hmm. They know you're not going to be around forever. Like I told you this the other day. I mean, we knew within a year you guys were going to be here long term. I mean, you know, people... God wires everybody differently, and so we can either talk about it or we can conceal it and like when we made our announcement, I had people come up to me and said, "This doesn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. you know one guy came up to me and said you you spend so many plates i don't even I don't even know how you keep some from uh from crashing sometimes mm-hmm. you know and so like people know what your life is, they know what you're doing, you know they know how busy you are, they know whatever that might look like and so I think that I think that if you're just I think if you're just honest with people and you know you 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 talk about who you are, you talk about some of the some of the ways you're wired, you're you're not you're not keeping it a secret, you know, kind of thing. I mean, I, I think that people it, it makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And it makes it a lot easier for people to get involved and for people to get engaged into the life of the ministry. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, when we transition You transition well from the beginning, you know. If you're if you're a starter, you should never go into life of a church giving people the impression that you're going to be the founding pastor and the the forever pastor. You know, the Rick Warren types are far and few. You know, between Mm -hmm. in between. I mean, like I think more. I I think more and more guys are moving away from that model where they're going to start a church and. They're going to be there for the rest of their lives. Now there's a lot of guys that are like that. Mm-hmm. They're going to be there and they're going to stay there and they're going to keep on starting, but we're seeing mm-hmm. more and more guys that are more apostolic. And that's a good well, thing. And
0: I, I just think it's very difficult to start churches like that in places like this. Yeah. Like churches like that can be started in some places. I have never seen it work here. Yeah. In the GTA. Yeah. I, you know, like I just, you know, I, I mean, I we we're pretty, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, aware of what's going on, you know, in our circle up here in the GTA. Yeah. And I haven't seen that happen up here. Yeah. You know, where it's like a, you know, a Rick Warren type of model. Like, I think it takes a very unique individual to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and you, you've got to be able to gather, you know, a crowd. You, you've got, you've got to be able to be, you know, self-sustaining financially. Yeah. A lot of I resources. just think, as we continue to move towards, you know, more and more secularization, you know, in our culture, as the culture gets farther and farther away from God and more resistant to the gospel, it becomes even more um, necessary for us to, you know, plant churches and teams uh, to uh, uh, you know, have like, it's possible to plant a healthy church, even if it's not huge numerically in yeah. hard places like this, that will sure. thrive after, after the the primary planter leaves. Yeah, like, sure. we, like we're, we're watching it happen. Like you've yeah. done it, we've done it here. Like yeah. it, it can happen, and um, but it but it depends on you have to start with the with the end in mind, like you're yeah, saying. Yeah. you
1: have to start with the end in mind. You yeah. know, you can't um, with your end to. The, yeah, 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 yeah. I was talking with a uh, with, with a guy uh, their church just now started partnering um, with a planner here in the city, and you know this church runs nine thousand in the states, just a huge church. Wow. And um, you know, he we were at coffee yesterday. He was up, and uh, we were talking or Tuesday, and we were talking about. Um, you know what we do at the fellowships and like how we envision multiplying. You know, like I, I just tell guys, I mean, like the average size church in Toronto is about forty people. And so for us, like the if we're planting from the harvest with a small core team, prayerfully with the APAS dispersed equally. You know, I mean, like one of our triggers is we want to get to fifty. Like that's a good healthy measure for us. Like we want to get to a church that's averaging fifty. Uh, whenever they gather and um, with that team leadership model equally dispersed, making decisions moving forward, you know? And um, I I think when you say that kind of stuff to, to people, I mean, this guy was a prime former missionary. And so like, he got it, he was like, yeah, that's a good mark. You know what I mean? But you just think about that. Like, I feel like you can do a lot more. I feel like you can be a lot more strategic starting churches all over the GTA with us. And, and we're not, we're not advocating for churches to stay at 50. Don't misunderstand me. I'm saying, you know, like the, that's just kind of a number where we see where it gets less painful in terms of building teams mm-hmm. and volunteers and elders and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then you can kind of, that guy who's a starter can kind of just kind of drift away, yep. you know, and kind of just say, okay, you guys are up and going now. Like I'm going to kind of bow out, you know, yep. but you got to start with the end in mind. You got to, you got to be, you got to be doing that. Those things you, you have to be setting them up for, I'm not going to be here forever, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. Transitioning well. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I guess
0: some parting thoughts in terms of transitioning well, Um, you know, I I think that um, just understanding how you're wired, you know, um, you know, if you're a starter is uh, important and if you are wired like that and you are a starter, then you know, you need to begin with the end in mind. Um, and then I think there's a lot of factors that play into when you're going to, when it's time to go. Uh, I think one of the things you touched on earlier, one of the lessons that I've learned is how to really slow down and wait because, you know, we we felt, we begin to feel this restlessness, you yeah. know, pretty early on. And I'm so glad that we were patient and we didn't yeah. get ahead of God. We were tempted to. Yeah. Yeah, And you, and you know that better than anybody, you know, you and I had many conversations, you know, over the past 18 months, you know, where Mm -hmm. as early as 18 months ago where I was like, you know, itching to go and, but we didn't rush in anything. And I, and I, you know, a lot of that's God's providence. And now I look like, look at how everything's turned out and I'm like, this is, I just couldn't have, I couldn't have written a better story than this. It's just obvious that God's put it together. It was perfectly timed. He's He's provided everything that fellowship, excuse me, needs. Yeah. And he's set us up for, you know, the perfect scenario, everything we, we prayed for going to D.C. So,
1: yeah, I think, you know, like we've talked a lot about this in the past, but, you know, I think guys get so caught up in you know, like, oh, where I'm supposed to be at and going here or going there or whatever. If you figure out how you're wired and if you figure out the way you're gifted, then that would help. That helps you so much. Mm-hmm. And then you can say then you'll stop chasing you know greener pastures mm-hmm. you know I, I read a quote the other day and uh i don't I remember who it was from but uh the guy said just remember um on the other side of that fence the, where the the greener pastures there's a separate tank right underneath the surface <laughs> and uh so you know i was thinking yeah man there's problems everywhere mm-hmm. you know like, there's yeah you'll go to dc there'll be issues yep. you know there'll be problems it's like there, cause we live in a fallen world. So it's not about like going to greener pastors, but once you know how you're wired and, 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 and the way God's made you, it will help you lead out. You can operate in a lot of different ministry capacities when you know how you're wired, mm-hmm. you know? So like, if you're listening to this and you're a pastor and you're like, man, I would love to be a part of starting something, you know, like there's ways you can do that mm-hmm. in the church you pastor. You don't necessarily have to leave that church you know, I, I think so many times i talk to guys and now maybe he, God is telling you to leave that church. Maybe God's telling you to go and plant a church, but there's ways that you can take new territory in an established church. You mm-hmm. know, if you're a church planner and you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, maybe it's time for me to transition. You know, look, look around you. Like if, if you transition today, would your church make it? Yeah, you know, like if it wouldn't, then it's not time then to transition. It's probably not time to transition. You know, yep. like if you don't have leaders that could step up and step in and, or people that you're even like thinking through that could step into those roles and stuff like that, you know, then, uh, then it's, it's probably, it's going to be a tough thing to, and you know what too,
0: you're going to be, you, if you have a desire to to go, but you also have this desire to want to have control, you're going to, you're going to be stuck there because you're, because you're too afraid Mm -hmm. to let other people have the platform and to be able to step up and lead. And you're going to be stuck or you're going to leave and your church is going to die because you wouldn't let people, other people step up and and have yeah. a platform. And really it's, it comes down to a trust issue. Are you going to, are you going to trust God? Are you going to trust the spirit, you know, grow your yeah. church? Or are you, are you so afraid of like anybody messing something up, yeah. right? That you don't want anybody else to drive, you know, the vehicle, so to speak. So,
1: you know, that's a good word. I, I, before we I wrap up, I would just say like the last thing, I mean, cause you know, Jared's transitioning, I, I'm transitioning in some ways, but We're having a lot, we're having several moving pieces across the network right now, um, in in different ways. And, um, you know, I'm not the least bit concerned. I'm not the least bit like, oh no, you know what I mean? I don't feel any of that. And, and the reason why I don't feel any of that is because, yeah, first of all, God is on his throne and he's in control of all these things. But I don't feel any of that because I feel like our churches are healthy. You know what I mean? I feel like our churches are healthy. And the other thing, you know, we've learned so much with every transition, with every ministry, you know, like you, there's lessons that you learn along the way mm-hmm. and you learn how to do things. You learn, oh, maybe I wouldn't do things that way, you yeah. know, and, and you, you learn, but it's, you, 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 take those opportunities, you, you, you learn those lessons, you know, you put them away. And then with transition to, to speak on what you just now said, you have to embrace change if you're going to be in ministry for very long. Yep. You know, like I meet guys all the time, you know, they're like, I'm apostolic, you know, and they're just like, but like they don't, they don't want to let guys like do the announcements. You know, it's like, you, you're going to have, You maybe you are apostolic, but you're going to have to change, you know, or they don't want to let other guys preach or, you know, or whatever it might be. And like, you're going to have to change some of those ways, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so transition and transition brings a lot of change. It brings a lot of new people, but it, it, it you have to really trust the Lord. Yep. You know, because my heart for fellowship Pickering is that these elders and the next, next teaching pastor that comes in to, to, to join that elder team, that he's, that he's able to take this church in a new place. Yep. Not, not new theologically, not, we don't need to get new DNA, yeah. but like, you know, somebody that's going to be able to put their time and energy and focus into this church in yep. a way that I haven't been able to the past couple of years. Same with fellowship Oshawa. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think that for, for if you're listening to this and you're transitioning, you have to let it go. You have to keep praying for that ministry. You have to keep praying for those future leaders, but you also can't meddle. You you can't meddle.
0: Uh, The bottom line, the the bottom line for me is that I was the right man for the job, so to speak, in coming and catalyzing and getting this church started. Like they, you know, I, I look at all the people that we've got now and they needed God to bring somebody with my gift set in here to be able to help gather them together, to be able to cast vision for them, to be able to help equip them and then empower them to be able to go and start being the church. Right. Yeah. Like that's what a church planner does. That's why God gifts certain people to be able to do what we do. But, there are other ways that I'm not gifted. And honestly, like I, I just don't think I'm the right man to be able to take this church to the next place that they need to go. I think that God's got those men in place. And I really think that like this church is just going to take off in ways that couldn't have happened if I had stayed in, you know, in the driver's seat. Uh, And I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm excited to watch it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm pumped man. And so, and now I'm going to another place where, they need a leader like me who can come in and do the things that I'm gifted in, which is to you know catalyze and to cast vision and to bring people together and make something happen in a place where nothing's really happening. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and uh, I don't know, uh, you know, I hope Lord willing that I'll be able to continue to just help do this for the rest of my life.
1: So. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Amen.
0: Man, it's been good. We could talk a, lot, a long time about this topic. For sure. And it's something we're passionate about. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. Hopefully, uh, this unplanned episode uh, has been beneficial to you guys, just kind of listening to Matt and I muse about our uh, latest goings on uh, in our <laughs> life. Um, so uh, make sure you jump on to www.getinthetrenches.com. It's our website. You can find links to other episodes there. And uh, if you have any questions specifically for Matt or myself, then maybe things about this topic that we didn't cover during the episode that you want to, that you're curious about, then you can find our email addresses on the website and we'd be happy to answer any questions. We always love hearing from our listeners. Uh, We're also on Spotify now. So if you are a Spotify fan, just to let you know in the trenches is on Spotify, you can listen to us there. We're also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, if you haven't before, please make sure you go and hit, the, hit that subscribe button. And another thing that would really help us is if you left a, a five-star rating with a written review, it helps increase our exposure so that more people hear about In the Trenches, more church planters, hear about in the trenches. So if you think this is a good church planning podcast and something that will help other people involved in church planning, then please do that for us. It, it just takes a couple minutes uh, and it would really help get this podcast into the hands mm-hmm. of more people. Uh, so we want to thank you guys for listening. We're going to be back next Monday with another episode of In the Trenches. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners.